century, Civil War art was very popular. Winslow Homer, Gilbert Gall, and many others painted scenes of the battles. The late 20th century saw a revival of Civil War art. Our guest Don Troiani and many others will compare the two when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is a website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. Vitality is a natural expression of health, success, and fulfillment, and yet it's rare to meet people bubbling with vitality. That's because most of us push ourselves too hard, and when we trigger the internal alarms that tell us to change our diets, attitudes, or activities, we ignore them. Allowing outside pressures to override our internal alarms undermines our health, sabotages our success, and limits our potential. If you're ready to reclaim your natural vitality, to begin living a life you love, visit thevitalyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. To speak with our show hosts or guests during the live show, call us toll-free in North America, 888-514-2100. Everywhere else, call 001-858-268-3068. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Today, talking with Civil War artist Don Troiani. Don, you mentioned earlier um, that your art school training was perhaps not as useful as the time you spent in museums looking at the work of people like Winslow Homer. Uh, who among the, the Civil War artists of the 19th century do you think has influenced you the most? Um, no, none. Uh, I, like, I like a lot of them, but uh, I like the, the European artists better. Uh, you know, Detaille and Maisonnier and uh, and so forth. Uh, Detaille painted the, the, the many of the, the uh, Franco-Prussian War battles? Yeah, and Napoleonic and, and so forth. I mean, first of all, they were uh, uh, far superior artistically, and uh, they were careful researchers. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the art world, there was no comparison. I mean, these guys were, in France at their time, were considered giants. I mean, they were, uh, you know, like rock stars. They were, uh, uh, you know, fantastic paintings. Uh, And they had military service, too. I mean, both of them served in the Franco-Prussian War, so they knew what war looked like. Um, But, uh, you know, we had some really good ones. I mean, you know, uh, Homer's great and and so forth, but uh, Homer did a limited amount of it. Um, You know, mostly it was, you know, on-site things. He didn't 
do too many reconstructed battle paintings afterwards. I mean, you know, even the you know the Gettysburg Cyclorama is done by uh, French artists. And what about um, uh, another French uh, Thur uh, de Thulstra? Oh, oh, yeah, his are great. His his are terrific. I, I don't think he was French though. I think he was um, might have been Swedish or something. Uh, I, I guess I, I should learn more about his background. But he, he, his he, prints he, were published by Louis Prang, and they're usually referred to as the uh, Prang yeah, promo. You know, and, and the thing is, if you look at the full strips, if you look at the Prang's prints, they don't look so good. But if you look at the original full strips, they'll they'll knock your socks off. You know, it's just you know poor reproduction and over the years. Uh, there's a painting at Kennesaw Mountain National Park that uh, full strip did of the battle. That's that's just friggin' perfect. I mean, it's great. Uh, uh, very, very well done. I mean, I, I kneel before it. <laughs> so, well, there's some some influences, and among other Americans, um, Gilbert Gall. What do you think of his work? He's he's excellent. He's excellent. Uh, you know, a lot of his, of course, was done afterwards. Uh, yeah, he's he's not as careful about the accurate details, but it, it's still you know excellent work and uh, is very credible looking, and uh, I like him a lot. Would you consider uh, that your work is influenced by the photography of the Civil War? Um, no, it, just for the information that it provides, you know, uh, on uniforms and uh, the way camps looked and, and so forth. In a lot of cases, you know, uh, to know the way some particular building in the background looked, the, the only thing you're going to have is a, a period photograph of it if it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, or the photograph will tell you how it looked at that time, not how it looks today. So that can can supply information you, you can't really get. Oh yeah, anywhere. no, they're they're an indispensable source of information. I mean, you, you you couldn't do it accurately without period photos. So we've had researchers, uh, uh, Frasinito and others, who pointed out that many of the most famous Civil War photographs are perhaps less uh, natural or candid than than was originally thought. That there's a matter of posing of, of dead bodies or moving things around to to set the photograph just so. The same is obviously true in painting. Uh, you don't literally have a group of soldiers stop and freeze for you. You you put them where you want them. Yeah. Uh, do you? It, it seems that there's an inevitable amount of interpretation when you do that. When you decide, I'm going to put this colonel at the head of this regiment. You know he was at the head of the regiment at some point. Yeah. But you also know he was behind the regiment at another point in the battle, and you have to choose which one you're going to. to yeah, that's, not, that's tough too. Uh, that's a very good question, uh, and uh, even more so is you, know, you might show a regiment advancing at a particular point, uh, but what, what was happening around them and behind them simultaneously, and that can be really tough to figure out. You, you may never figure it out completely. You know, where was the rest of the division? How far had the Confederates advanced at this point? You know, uh, would there be artillery shell bursts going off in the air? You know, was there any artillery firing over in this area? Um, also, you know, what had happened before? I mean, so you have dead soldiers laying around. What regiments were they from? What uniforms were they wearing? What what weapons would be laying around? I mean, if they had Austrian Lorenz muskets, uh, uh, that's what you want to show laying around on the ground from the, the previous units that had been on the field. And it, is the ground dry or muddy? I mean, uh, those are all things that, you know, I have to deal with. An author has to deal with what happened in the whole battle. I have to deal with what happened in this, like, you know, one minute here, and and as you pointed out earlier, if only to uh, to reach a market of people who will be interested, uh, they may have had Lorenz muskets on the ground. They might also have severed limbs on the ground. But you suggest the audience is not eager to see too much of that. 
Well, you know, they ask about it occasionally, but uh, you know, I mean, you know, by the same token, uh, you know, well, let's put it this way: yeah, Gettysburg, you have two hundred thousand troops on the field, and each one's going to have to relieve himself several times a day. You know, and uh, that was going on at the same time the fighting is going on. But you know, I don't think anybody would want to see that. No one wants it on the parlor wall. Yeah, uh, as, uh, and you know, I mean, I could make you know stumps with blood squirting out. And I could do it really realistically, but you know, uh, also I feel that would be distracting in some respects from what's going on. You know, the, the heroism of the troops and. Uh, so forth. So I mean, I do put blood on the soldiers, and uh, you know, I've had some whitened, uh, bloated corpses and things like that. Uh, but I don't put them right up front and make it the main focus. You know, they're off to the side or in the grass or, or whatever. I guess that's an issue that that any visual artist wrestles with. I'm thinking of a comparison. We mentioned oh. movies earlier between Gettysburg and Saving Private Ryan. Where you have two great American battles. Well, you know, uh, actually, uh, Forbes and, and any of those guys didn't show it really either. Kind of a little bit, but not a lot. No. Uh, I, well, who was it? Um, I think it's one of Alf, uh, Alfred Wad's sketches at Antietam of the, the field hospital, in which he does actually show the patient's, uh, the stump of the patient's amputated leg. Well, that's a field hospital. That's a different situation. Yeah, but when they reproduced that for the, the for Harper's, they they reversed the image so you could not see the leg anymore because they thought, uh, as we think today, the audience is not ready for it. The audience won't tolerate it. Um, well, you have to remember, too, I do this for a living. Yes. Okay, I mean, you know, as soon as everybody stops buying my paintings, then I have to get a real job. <laughs> and, uh, the, yeah, none uh, of us want that. Uh, they will not buy them, I guarantee it, if... You know, there's a somebody with their head missing and the blood's squirting three feet in the air. Oh, no, no. Uh, and brains are all over everybody else. And, and anyone who's, who's done any in-depth reading has read descriptions of that sort of thing. We know what goes, what went on. It's part of battle. Yeah. Uh, but as you point uh, out, or, it's not. You know, again, if, if if I you know showed it as like you know some kind of a samurai battle, you know, with you know blood squirting in every direction, uh, nobody's going to buy the print. I guarantee it. I. I, I believe so, that's absolutely right. You know, I'll make three people happy who want to see it, and uh, uh, I'll have to do something else. Let me turn, I, I think it's an interesting question. It, it uh, I mean, it certainly affects the images we carry of the war. We all carry these images around. We've all read gruesome things, but we don't choose to see them portrayed. I have never been to a slasher movie in my life because I don't find that entertaining, but there's a large segment of the population that apparently does. Uh, that wants to see serial killers chasing teenagers. But they can they can shut the TV off. I mean, it's hanging on the wall is a different situation. It's right there all the time. And there's children right. around and, uh, you know, things like that. So, you, I mean, they're just not going to hang that kind of thing up. There was a World War II artist. I, I didn't, this is triggering a thought. Uh, in James Jones's big paperback on World War II from a couple decades ago, uh, who was the World War II combat artist in the Pacific? Uh... No, there's a few. I, I don't know the names off. I, I forgot. Tom is his first name. Uh, it'll come to me as soon as we're done talking. But he painted, and and, and uh, Jones reproduces in this volume, a truly bizarre, uh, gory painting called The Price of a G.I. who suffered a wound. It, it's a surreal painting because the wound doesn't even make sense when you actually look at it closely. Now, is that one with the one with the bloody arm? Sort that's of? the one, yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, You've seen that. And I, it, it, you know, it may have been done for something in particular, 
Well, I, I, he, he certainly didn't sell it anywhere because it, it wasn't reproduced for, for decades after the war. Um, it, I don't know. It may have been done, done for a uh, magazine or something like that. See, that's a different situation because mm-hmm. somebody's hiring you to do a specific thing. But as I recall, my, my understanding was Jones implied that, that the artist did this on his own, maybe exercising some demons. Okay. Well, uh, you know, but there was no be, market for he, it. Uh, you know, Nobody would buy yeah, that. Yeah. No. no. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure your wife wouldn't let you hang it in the living room. Under no circumstances. You're absolutely right. Or you wouldn't she, want it in your office. No. No. The students would be have a very uh, negative reaction. No, it's, it's something, you know, I, that somebody mentions to me like maybe once a year. Well, I, I'm 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 interested in it. Not not urging you by any means to go ahead and do this, but I think it's an interesting subject. Uh, the uh, but it's not one that uh, I mean it's not brought up to me. Or at least if they're talking about, it, they're not telling me about it. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of feedback from you know different people and the gallery owners. Uh, you know, and uh, they, you know they like to see specific regiments, specific battles, uh, their favorite heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's a lot of people who buy prints because, you know, that particular print, the sky matches the drapes. Yeah, true, true. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 in fact, that may be as much as half the market. A, a lot of people do not care if it's accurate. Uh, basically, if it's a, an attractive scene, you know, uh, like a Thomas Kincaid kind of thing, you know, with, with Jackson uh, standing in the middle of the stream and there's lots of flowers blooming around him, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, they like that probably just as well as uh, you know an accurate scene of Little Round Top. Now, you mentioned there are gallery owners, there are people who who sell this kind of work, and really in the last, I'll say, fifteen years, there's been a, uh, a great outpouring of Civil War painting. Uh, lots of other people who do what you do. Uh, Rocco, Gallon, Kunstler, many others. Uh, without asking you to uh, uh, say, what do you think of, of, of other people uh, in your field? Well, you know, there are some that are careful on the research, and there are many more that are not. Uh, because the public, uh, let's put it this way: you can you can do a lot of paintings quicker and faster if you don't have to worry about getting it right. Okay, that, that eliminates a lot of time-consuming. Material, and um, a lot of the public doesn't know or care if it's right. So there are artists who who appeal to that, and then there are artists who appeal to those who are very interested in those kind of things. And, and there's crossover. I mean, there's people who you know who don't know much will will buy an accurate painting because they just like the way it looks, but they're not buying it because you have you know New York State jackets on the troops that they were supposed to have uh, in, instead of. You know, frock coats or whatever somebody or nondescript jackets that somebody else did. Well, is there anyone out there in the field uh, whose work you you think highly of? Uh, you know, uh, from an accuracy standpoint, Rocco's usually pretty good. That uh, Keith Rocco, uh, Tunis, does, uh, Ron Tunis, and sculptures are usually pretty accurate, very accurate. Um, I mean, uh, it comes to mind those are. The two that I think are, are pretty accurate that, that do their homework, and well, then we'll we'll leave a, a discreet silence over the rest of the field and not uh, not name any names of, of those who aren't accurate. No, but, those who uh, aren't accurate know who who they are. <laughs> their customers may not, but but they know who they are. But it, you know, it catches up with a lot of 
uh, later because they can't get you know commissions from different places who who have people who know the difference. Uh, you know, a lot of it is not used in books and things like that because you know uh, other people know the difference. Uh, wherever people know the difference, it's, it's not used. And you suggested you've had work with the National Park Service and other places who, who do appreciate this kind of accuracy of detail that you yeah, provide. It's, it's, you know, it's a sort of, well, we'll leave it to him attitude, you know, because they know I'll do all the research because on each piece my reputation rests on it. I mean, sometimes I'll provide information, you know, that they have, but I, I never, you know, take that for granted. I, I, you know, I go out and I do my own research and I talk to other experts in the field and, uh, uh, you know, get all of it together and then sit down and, and compare it. Um, because, you know, this is not like when you say something stupid and everybody forgets it later or you can deny it, you said it later, like a, you know, a politician. This is, once it's down and, you know, it's, it's out there, it's, uh, it's a print, you know, and it, it, the mistake is there forever and ever and it's not going away. So there's no way to live it down once it's out there. Yeah. I mean, even with a book, you can correct the second edition, you know. <laughs> At least uh, cover your cover yourself a little bit there. But uh, once it, once it's out, it's out. It's out. We've got just a few seconds. Let me ask one last question. If you could go back to the Civil War, with all the, the recreating of the war you've done in your mind and then put onto canvas or paper for the world to see, if you could go back and, and view something for 30 minutes, what moment would you want to go back to the most? Uh, that's a good question. Well, it would probably be Gettysburg, uh, maybe uh, Pickett's Charge, you know, because I'll probably wind up paying that again. And, uh, you know, it be interesting to see what really happened. To see that panorama. Sit in a helicopter and watch it. Uh, that, would, that would be a safe place, too, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, Pickett's Charge, too, is a kind of interesting event. In, I mean, it's so heavily written about, but when you really read all the accounts, I mean, you know, you look at the Rothamel painting and there's this huge hand-to-hand slug out at the angle, and it really wasn't that way. In fact, the Confederates mentioned they were laying down and, sh- and shooting at the Union soldiers' legs under the smoke. And there was some some of that. I mean, there were some people who were getting hit over the head with musket butts, but it was really close-up shooting. It was... Um, a lot of these events are not as exciting as you think they're going to be from a visual standpoint. Um, and you know, they came over the wall, and they, they were shooting close with the you know, Union troops, and they eventually got overwhelmed and pushed back. But there, there wasn't a huge titanic hand-to-hand struggle there. Uh, there, was a, there was some of that, but uh, not a lot. Well, it would be great to be able to go back and see that. Of course, none of us can, but sometimes the closest we can get is to look at a dedicated artist's work like that of our guest today, Don Tarani. Don, thanks for being with us today on Civil War Talk oh, Radio. Glad to be with you, Jerry. Thank you for listening. This is Jerry Prokopovich on Civil War Talk Radio.